Hello everyone, and I want to welcome you to the first, this is the inaugural John 316 podcast, and I just want to welcome everybody and say that I'm uh, uh, thrilled that you have decided to to turn on and uh, listen to this podcast, listen to me ramble for a few uh, moments. Uh, This is something I've been wanting to do for a while, and uh, that is to uh, kind of speak about Calvinism uh, in my turn away uh, from Calvinism, uh, we've started the Facebook page, and it's gotten a lot of uh, good reviews. A lot of uh, people are are on there and they're interacting, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, but uh, I wanted to start this podcast to uh, make uh, some things known. Uh, so in this uh, first podcast, I want to discuss um, myself. <laughs> I know that might sound a little crazy, maybe even a little. Um, egotistical, uh, but uh, just if I'm going to be hosting this podcast, uh, I want you to know uh, who I am and um, why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, there's so many other more people that's qualified to to do such a thing, but this is something I've been praying about for some time now. Uh, praying that the Lord would open up a door for me to uh, to speak about my experience. Uh, with Calvinism and Reformed theology and to be able to share that experience with others. And so with this first podcast, I just, like I said, want to make an introduction uh, to myself. And so just want to talk a little bit right now about uh, who I am. Uh, I'm uh, originally born and raised in, in Mobile, Alabama. I've lived in Mississippi uh, since I was uh, about, I guess, 20, 21 years old, something like that, and um, married, wife, kids, uh, pastor a great church here in uh, Columbia, Mississippi, and um, I've, uh, I'm 37 years old, I've been in the ministry, I'll, I'll, I say I'm 37, I'll be 37 uh, here in July, I, I began a ministry uh, when I was 18, uh, the Lord uh, saved me when I was 16. Uh, I was saved at a small uh, little missionary Baptist church in, in Mobile, church that I had grown up in. And uh, at the age of 16, I, I was saved and um, I was baptized, called to preach uh, when I was 18. And so that's uh, this, this year, uh, this December will make uh, 19 years uh, that I've been uh, preaching the gospel and I'm uh, thankful to God every day for that call that he's placed uh, on my life. And I've uh, been privileged to be able to uh, minister in different areas, uh, pastor a uh, few different churches, serve in different capacities in, in churches. I've I've served uh, in uh, volunteer uh, capacity. I've served as a, a Sunday school teacher, uh, Galilean. Uh, ministry, if you're familiar with that, within the the BMA work, the Baptist Missionary Association, um, I've served uh, as a, a youth uh, volunteer. I've served as youth pastor, uh, associate pastor position, uh, as well as uh, lead pastor uh, position, such as I am now at uh, Mountain Gilead here in Columbia. And the Lord has been able to, uh, has blessed me to be able to do certain things. I've been privileged to uh, to preach um, in several different states, preach in uh, 
Honduras and I've uh, been able to go on mission trips over to uh, the Navajo Indians over in New Mexico, uh, uh, Grenada. I've been privileged to be able to do ministry down there, not not the city here in Mississippi, but the uh, the islands of Grenada. I've been able to go down and minister there as well with uh, different mission trips and uh, Honduras. I've I've been there a few times on uh, different uh, in different capacities. I spent a month there, a little over a month there with a missionary uh, family in Honduras, and uh, here I am now, uh, pastoring in uh, Colombia and uh, a great church that the Lord's uh, called me to be at. I graduated from Southeastern Baptist College with a Associate of Arts in Bible. A, church uh ministries uh degree a bachelor of science in church ministries uh graduated from southeastern with that i've I've been privileged to uh attend a seminary i've got a master's of theology working on a doctorate now Uh, i know that don't mean anything uh really to a lot of people but some people it does uh that uh you know i I, and the reason i've gone to school is because I, i i believe that uh, the Lord's called me to ministry, and I take that calling seriously, and I wanted to be as educated as I could. Uh, I mentioned uh, earlier that I have uh, spent almost uh, 19 years in ministry, and for about 9 to uh, almost 10 years of this uh, ministry, of ministry that I've uh, been in, uh, was spent in uh calvinism i was a calvinist for uh for uh, not like i said nine to ten years and before that though it's not something i was raised in i wasn't raised in calvinism i was licensed and ordained in a uh, bma church and uh, we uh did not believe in calvinism at those churches uh at that church that i was uh, licensed ordained at uh we were uh, pretty much your typical uh, missionary Baptist Church. We um, held to, uh, you know, church uh, perpetuity. We held to uh, once saved, always saved. Uh, we held to uh, the free will of man, uh, human responsibility, um, preaching the gospel to every creature. Uh, we didn't believe that God arbitrarily chose some for salvation and left the others uh, to die in their sin. We, we didn't believe that. We didn't teach that. Um, that was, in fact, uh, we, uh, our church, uh, uh, condemned, uh, such things. And so, uh, being brought up in such a staunch, uh, anti-Calvinist church, you're probably sitting there wondering, uh, well, if you spent all your time there. How did you come in to Calvinism? And I would say, well, that's a very good question that you would, you would ask that. And uh, I would have to answer that by saying that it began with a good friend of mine. And uh, he, he knows who he is. I won't name names. Uh, but I've told him this story uh, before. But a good friend of mine uh, is the reason I was a Calvinist. And uh, I told him one day on the phone, I was talking to him. I said, you know, I said, you're the reason uh, that I was a Calvinist for nine almost ten years and he said what in the world are you talking about he said i've never once been a calvinist uh or even hinted at believing calvinism was true and he said how did i make you a calvinist and 
I told him, I said, well, I says, because you turned me on to a man named John MacArthur. And he did. He, he came to him and said, Rick, he said, man, this book is awesome. Uh, you've got to read this book. And it was a book titled uh, The Truth War by John MacArthur. So uh, I went and bought the book and, and read it uh, cover to cover. And from that moment, I was hooked on John MacArthur. And I went and bought every book that I could find by him and uh, bought his commentaries uh, and, and just uh, studied everything I could behind John MacArthur. And if you know who John MacArthur is, he is uh, perhaps one, if not the uh, leading uh, and most popular Calvinist uh, in America, if not the world today. Um, a very influential man. You can see uh, on YouTube and go and watch uh, certain YouTube videos and you can search where he has been on Larry King Live uh, debating different topics such as uh, war or homosexuality or what happens after you die. Uh, such things as that uh, is what uh, John MacArthur is known for and he has done and uh, he's authored many books. Uh, he's been a uh, pastor in that church he's at over in California for over 40 years. And so I was just hooked on him. And as I would read behind him, I knew that he was a Calvinist. And so when it came to Calvinist uh, stuff that he was teaching in his books or commentaries, I would just kind of overlook that and just kind of shrug that off. Well, it got to be where... I would be studying a passage out or or be looking to see what he might say about a passage and uh, because I would come across these terms uh, such as uh, elect, chosen, uh, predestination, predestined. Uh, all these words would come out and, and I would be confused as to what that really meant. And so I would read John MacArthur and... Uh, he would explain these things to me in ways that which uh, I I never heard it explained before, and you know I went and graduated from Southeastern Baptist College, and this isn't an, an indictment on Southeastern. Uh, I got a great education from Southeastern. I love my time there, but when it would come to certain uh, subjects such as Calvinism, uh, I don't believe there was ever any. Uh, in-depth teaching about why we should reject Calvinism other than uh, just the verse John 3.16 being uh, thrown out there. And so uh, I was completely unprepared for somebody that was well-versed in uh, Calvinism and such as John MacArthur. And he explained these things uh, and these words and these passages in ways that just really made sense to me. And so uh, I became uh, hooked on John MacArthur, and through John MacArthur's teaching and influence, uh, I became a Calvinist. And, and after that, there came other Calvinistic influences uh, in my life. Um, people such as uh, R.C. Sproul um, with his uh, book, The Holiness of God. Uh, and, and other writings that he had, such as uh, Chosen by God, um, was very influential uh, on me. Uh, Steve Lawson was another man that was uh, that influenced uh, my way of thinking and my 
uh, view of salvation and swayed me towards uh, Calvinism. And then there were some other uh, writings and stuff that uh, maybe not as nearly well-known uh, preachers and and authors that, that would uh, be become a big influence in me. Uh, but I just had this uh, kind of, and I've grown a vast library of Calvinistic writers and authors uh, that has uh, that had been an influence in me. And so as I got to studying behind Calvinists, uh, another thing that, that grabbed my attention about uh, Calvinists was their uh, intellectualism. They, they, they're very intellectual people, very well um educated very articulate and it was it was stuff that uh you know they, their preaching came across as you know something that uh you know they they were like very well studied is the only way uh, i i could could put it and it was just something different that i'd never heard before and so uh so their intellectualism um uh, astounded me and and drew me uh, towards uh, that doctrine. Um, they're very reverential. I love the way that these Calvinists um, treated the scriptures. Uh, they they wanted to know. Uh, they they were very uh, had a very high view of scripture and uh, the authority of scripture, and and that that was something that very uh, much impressed me. And so. Um, uh, even though I'm not a Calvinist today, it's some of that that reverential uh, towards the scriptures that they had uh, still uh, lingers with me. They they had a very high view of worship as well. Uh, they were very much against uh, any uh, pragmatism uh, and entertainment in churches. They uh, taught me that um, church was a place where you come to to worship. You come to sing praise to God, and you came to hear. Uh, what God's word had to say, because when the preacher stood up and spoke from God's word, we were getting what God's word was, and so the, the, all this all this influenced me and and led me into Calvinism and to embrace uh, Calvinism, and uh, uh, even and in doing that, embracing Calvinism, I was told by other Calvinist uh, brethren. Uh, Calvinist friends that um, that I knew that they they would often tell me that hey look since this is what you've come to now this Calvinism which is a very controversial subject uh, they would tell me that now you need to uh, separate yourself from these non-Calvinists and man listen I had a bunch of Friends that were non-Calvinist, and I was a closet Calvinist for a while because uh, I didn't want my non-Calvinist friends to uh, to look at me differently and uh, and such things. And so slowly, though, with by people telling me that you know you need to um, separate yourselves from these these people, I slowly did that, and uh, you know the phone calls of these friends kind of got shorter and shorter until they were non-existent. Uh, I, I avoided them uh, almost like the plague, uh, you could say. And so this is the way that my Calvinism led me. 
it led me to uh, really alienate um, those that were closest to me. Um, many friends I, I had lost because of Calvinism and me not wanting to associate with them. I, and I've, I've told uh, I've told them this, and I'll share it with you folks listening through this podcast that uh, if if you weren't a Calvinist, um, I looked at you like you were just the biggest idiot in the world. And that was my view of a non-Calvinist. I believe that a non-Calvinist, that the reason they weren't Calvinists is because they didn't study the Bible. Um, you know, the, the Calvinism is also known as uh, the doctrines of grace. And I'll just go to say that uh, I had very little grace towards uh, non-Calvinists. And so I, I looked at them as ignorant, uh, backwoods, uh, unlearned uh, people that if they truly studied the Word of God, that they would be Calvinists. And uh, I even uh, coined a phrase uh, a while back that um, I believe kind of describes the way uh, I viewed it, and that was uh, as Calvinistic Gnosticism. And uh, if you know uh, about the Gnostics uh, that are usually discussed in the Bible, especially in, in John's writings, um, Colossians deals with uh, Gnosticism as well. Uh, they believe that that uh, there was certain information that was given to uh, to certain people. But if you were better, if you were a better person, then then God would enlighten you to this whole new realm of thinking. And um, and so I believe that that's what God had done with me and had done with other Calvinists that, that God had enlightened me to something that other people just couldn't see. And, um, and then later on, I come to find out that the, uh, uh, biggest influence in Christianity that, uh, began teaching, um, Calvinism or before it was ever known as Calvinism, uh, was that of, uh, man known as St. Augustine of Hippo. And, uh, and, and he was a, a former Gnostic and uh, that Gnosticism that he had crept into to his teaching. And so he viewed uh, the scriptures uh, through a Gnostic uh, lens. And so it was to me, it was kind of funny how that, that worked itself out. And I didn't know that before I'd coined that phrase Calvinistic Gnosticism. But, but that's the way I viewed things. That's the way I viewed people that if you weren't a Calvinist, you were just ignorant and uh, need to study your Bible more uh, because you're obviously an idiot and don't know anything if you're not uh, preaching Calvinism. Um, so that was my run in Calvinism and how I got into it. And the way I was came out of Calvinism is uh, simply I was uh, challenged on it. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I had kind of pushed aside all my uh, non-Calvinist friends and what I wanted to do um, was to regain those relationships and so I slowly started making phone calls and uh, to some of these different people that I had alienated in the past and uh, talking to them trying to rebuild these relationships and um, well one of these one of these guys uh, finally called me up one day and and wanted to ask and and wanted to discuss uh, Calvinism with me. 
and he uh, started asking me certain questions. I can't remember what all kind of questions he asked me, but the whole time he would ask me questions, I would give him uh, the response, and it was responses that that I had known and that I had uh, talked with other Calvinists about, but as I was discussing it with him and, and telling him all these different things, I thought, I would think to myself, well, that that would that sounds stupid. That that doesn't make any sense. That's that's saying one thing and and really mean another. And it was stuff that I had known and, and knew that I was that I would be doing, but it never was clear to me until I started having this conversation. And to give you a little bit of an example of this, and this is something that uh, all Calvinists do it. And I'm I'm probably alienating some of my Calvinist uh, friends by saying this, um, but if you're a Calvinist, there's there's a lot of deception that runs amok within Calvinist circles. Uh, sometimes a, a Calvinist will go to a church and they will not be honest and upfront with that search committee. A search committee will ask them, you know, their views on Calvinism. And they'll always say, well, you know, it depends on what you mean by Calvinist. Um, in fact, that uh, even happened with me. I was uh, interviewing with the church for a uh, associate pastor position. And uh, one of the people asked me, they said, what do you believe about Calvinism? And, of course, I was a Calvinist, and uh, I didn't—I—I—I I, I, wasn't quite sure how to answer it. Well, I should have just answered it truthfully and said, well, I'm a Calvinist. But that's not the way I did it. Uh, Because I had it in my mind that people have a false view of Calvinists. And so if I was to say uh, I was uh, a Calvinist, they would automatically think that I believe something that I didn't really believe in. So I didn't want to do that. So I didn't want to say I'm a Calvinist. So uh, I began to uh, to kind of ask that. Well, what do you mean by Calvinist? And so they uh, reworded their question. They said, "Well, who do you believe can be saved?" And uh, I said, "Well, anybody can be saved." And so when I gave that answer, that was the answer that that they were looking for because in their mind that that's not an answer that a Calvinist would give but really a Calvinist would give that answer because Calvinists work with a the same uh, vocabulary as other people I've heard it said like this they they have the same vocabulary they just have a different uh, dictionary and so when I said that I believed anybody could be saved in the back of my mind I'm actually thinking anybody can be saved so long as they're part of the elect uh, and so, so with Calvinism, there's a lot of deception. There's a lot of double speak. You know, a Calvinist can stand up and, and preach a, a gospel message and and talk about, uh, uh, you know, for God so loved the world and uh, that his only God, he sent his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. They can stand up and they can preach. John 3.16, but as they're preaching John 3.16, they're meaning something completely different than what the audience is hearing. Because when they say the world, they're not thinking of every individual, 
they define the world as every type of individuals. They're not meaning that anybody individually can be saved. They mean uh, no matter if you're black, white, uh, Asian, Brits, poor, young or old, you can be saved because God's elect is, comes from, from all these different classes of people. That's what the Calvinists really means when they speak of the world. Um, and so uh, as I was challenged on my Calvinist beliefs, it was just so brought up to the forefront about all the contradictions and all the doublespeak uh, that comes from a believing in this doctrine known as Calvinism. And so that got me uh, to really reconsidering what I had been believing for the past nine, almost 10 years. And so with that being said, um, this just kind of threw me for a, for a loop and then, you know, I was completely unsure now about what I believed and, and what the Bible taught about um, election. And then um, it wasn't long after this, maybe a few weeks, maybe a month uh, go by and a friend of mine sends me a link to an article online and um, it was by a man named Leighton Flowers. And oddly enough, Leighton Flowers had the same um, uh, history that I had. He had been a uh, Calvinist in a Calvinist church for almost 10 years, and he had come out of it. And he's a, uh, he's a leader in the Southern Baptist Convention. He, uh, especially over in Texas, he's, he's there. And um, he had written an article on corporate election. And that is the, the view that uh, God doesn't elect individuals for salvation, but he elects a, uh, a group. Uh, and, what, and that probably didn't, didn't come out right, but I'll, I'll explain it like this. We're, as Christians, the Bible says in Ephesians 1, uh, that God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Um, now, when it says he chose us in him, that means uh, he chose people that are in Christ. So, in, in other words, if you're in Christ, if you're saved, then you are elect. If you're not saved, then you are not elect. I, 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 worded, I worded it like this, that we're not saved because we're elect, we're elect because we are saved. And so the election really comes after salvation. And that's the view that uh, this Leighton Flowers was, was presenting in this article. And uh, when I read that and, and saw everything else, that to me uh, made perfect sense. Uh, whenever you read after a, 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 um, a Calvinist, uh, they often sport either you're a Calvinist or you're an Armenian. And they never give any kind of middle ground. And so, uh, and so when I read this, uh, this was, like I said, this was something that was new to me. This wasn't something that if I was taught it, it wasn't, it wasn't taught the way that uh, it was being presented to me. And so now that I've come out of Calvinism because of, uh, being challenged on the beliefs, realizing the contradictions that, that Calvinism uh, teaches, 
Um, you may ask, well, what do you, what do I call myself now? Um, you know, well, I wouldn't say I'm a Calvinist. <laughs> That's the whole point of this John three sixteen podcast and the uh, and everything that we're we're trying to do with the John three sixteen uh, Facebook page. Uh, so I'm definitely not a Calvinist um, because I don't believe that God chooses some for salvation and then uh, leaves others to be damned to hell. I'm not an Armenian. Because uh, there's certain aspects of Armenianism that uh, says that uh, we're you can lose your salvation, and I definitely don't believe that. You know, there was a time where you could say, well, "I'm not a Calvinist or an Armenian; I'm a Baptist." In fact, um, D.N. Jackson, uh, great uh, man of God, and uh, served in the American Baptist Association. Uh, and then when the uh, the split happened with the ABA and the uh, the new the North American Baptist Association, which later became the BMA, when the, when that split happened, he uh, went with the North American Baptist Association or the BMA. Uh, but he uh, has a book, and I've got this book uh, in my library uh, on uh, the doctrine of divine election, and uh, and he would and he and he makes this statement over and over again in, in the book that. You know, he's not a Calvinist or an Armenian. He's a Baptist. And I would hear that said uh, at Southeastern Line. I'm not a Calvinist or an Armenian. I'm a Baptist. And and so you could, usually there was a time when saying I'm a Baptist would settle the matter. I'm not a Calvinist or an Armenian. I'm a Baptist. But the, the Baptist uh, pool has, has become so muddied with Calvinism these days, uh, not just uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention or, or, uh, you know the uh, SBC, but also within uh, the BMA, and um, I don't know how much it is, if any, in the ABA or uh, among the Independent Baptists, if if any. I know I'm sure there's some in the Independent Independent Baptist work that's Calvinist, uh, but I know that there's a lot in the BMA, a lot in the Southern Baptist Convention, and so the Baptist uh, pool has become muddied with Calvinism. And so you can't really say that I'm a Baptist anymore because now you've got Calvinist Baptist, you've got Armenian Baptist. What what kind of Baptist are you? Um, and so you can't say that. Um, several years ago, the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, tried to, uh, they put out a, a response to all the uh, Calvinism that was going on and uh, as to, and they put out a statement of belief about the, or some did, uh, put out a statement of belief about what they believed about salvation. It was known as the uh, the traditionalist view. And when they when they said traditionalist view, they they meant like they were they were uh, in the tradition of Adrian Rogers or you know somebody like that. Uh, but the Calvinists kind of jumped on that and said, "See, you're you're just saying that you're that you don't want to be a Calvinist because you are are holding on to your traditions," and um, and so they they've kind of went away from being known as traditionalists. And um, so today, if you were to ask me what kind of a Baptist, what view do I hold, I would say that uh, I'm a provisionist. Uh, this is a view that's uh, that's or a, a term that's being 
being used now to speak and say that God has provided salvation for the world. He hasn't just chosen some and not chosen others, but he has provided a way for the entire world uh, to be saved. Uh, and so that's what I would consider myself now a, a provisionist. And, uh, and so that's just kind of a, a short history of, of who I am, where I'm coming from with these podcasts. Uh, now, what I hope to do uh, by starting this podcast is to bring awareness uh, to this view that I have. Um, because Calvinism is everywhere. Uh, you know, Lifeway's not around anymore, so you can't really go into their stores anymore. But if you were, uh, if you remember, you could go into Lifeway and uh, a lot of the books and stuff that they had in there were written by Calvinist authors, Calvinist pastors, Calvinist preachers. Uh, there's a lot of influence about Cal, uh, from Calvinists in the world today. Uh, many people know who John MacArthur is. Many people know who uh, R.C. Sproul is. Many people know who uh, John Piper is. Um, many people know about Mark Dever. Uh, and so these authors are everywhere and they're getting their message out. They're getting their doctrine out there. They're getting that Calvinist doctrine out. There's um, conferences that go on uh, everywhere. Uh, every year, you've got uh, the, the Gospel Coalition. Uh, you've got uh, Nine Marks. Uh, you've got the G3 conference. You've got the Together for the Gospel conference. You've got websites such as uh, monergism.com. You've got all these different uh, resources that promote Calvinism. Even, um, I'm just now learning this, a lot of people get, if they have a Bible question uh, to be answered, they, they might ask this question in Google and they website will pop up titled God Answers. I think it's either God Answers or God Questions, one of the, one of the two. But anyway, that website is uh, Calvinist leaning. And so, uh, and it's one of the first things that pops up if you Google a Bible question. Um, and so Calvinism is everywhere. And so I want to try and do my part to put the other side out there. To, and not Arminianism either. I, I don't want to put Arm. I want to get. I want to put the biblical view, and I believe that uh, what's known as provisionism is the biblical view uh, of salvation uh, in, out there, because there's so few uh, resources that can provide for this. Uh, there's only just a, a small. I know of two podcasts that handle um, the provisionist. Uh, non-Calvinist uh, view. And so I hope to be able to, to combat that with this. I, I know I'm, I don't expect it to amount to much uh, for me. Like I said, I'm nobody, but maybe something that I've said or uh, can influence somebody else that might have a uh, bigger influence to do something. Maybe start a website, maybe start a podcast, maybe uh, a YouTube channel, maybe uh hold a, a conference. Uh, you know, like I said, there's the Together for the Gospel Conference and other things like that, uh, whereas you don't see too many 
uh, non-Calvinist uh, or provisionist uh, coming together and promoting their doctrine. Calvinists are uh, combined. They're, I mean, they're they're unified, um, but the provisionist view is seems to not be unified, and so now that's what I, I, I hope to be able to do is provide an alternative to all the other Calvinists that are out there uh, or to, to the Calvinist um, media and resources that are out there. Uh, so throughout this podcast uh, and the weeks to come, I hope to be able to put out a podcast uh, at least once a week, uh, maybe more. But uh, what I'm going to try and do is take uh, maybe some texts of Scripture that Calvinists might use uh, to promote their doctrine and give a different uh, take on it. Prevent, you know, present it in a way that's not Calvinist. Uh, and when I do that, I'm not just arbitrarily and just, you know, but maybe, but, you know, it, use it in a way that uh, it jihaws with the rest of Scripture. It's you know it meshes with with scripture and uh, you know and it will we can will see that you know passages such as uh, Romans eight twenty eight through thirty Romans chapter nine Ephesians chapter one um, and Ephesians chapter two uh, John chapter six uh, among others that Calvinists might use to promote Calvinism and to teach uh, uh, sovereign election, if you will, the doctrines of grace, if you will. Take some of these passages and say, look, there's another way we can look at this. It doesn't necessarily have to mean what the Calvinists say that it means. There is, There can be another take on it. And so I hope to be able to do that uh, in the coming weeks with different um, scriptures. Uh, I've got a... Uh, 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. That's what a lot of uh, Calvinists tend to uh, hold to. Uh, if they're Reformed uh, Baptist, they, they, they tend to take that doctrinal statement and they hold to it. And uh, I might want to take some things that's said in there and, and discuss that, refute that, show what the Scripture really says about some of the things that, that they teach in there. Uh, maybe have some people that have a story similar to mine uh, that they were Calvinists for so many years and they came out of it. Uh, and so bring some of those people on and, and discuss uh, these different uh, doctrines as well. Uh, so it won't uh, just be me on here. So I hope to have some guests like that. Uh, maybe some people that can bring more enlightenment on passages uh, that I myself cannot. Uh, because I'll just be honest with you, uh, I'll be I'll be discussing these things, discussing these passages, but I'll be the first to admit I'm not the authority on Calvinism or um, anything anti-Calvinism. And, and by the way, I want to emphasize this: these podcasts will not be to bash Calvinists. Like I said, I've got good friends that are Calvinists. Uh, I believe that I don't believe that Calvinism is a false gospel. I do, however, believe it. Uh, if you uh, because if you hear people 
uh, preach that are Calvinists, they preach the same gospel that we're preaching, but they just have a different understanding of how that gospel works. And so I don't want it to feel like I'm, I'm attacking uh, the other uh, godly uh, people, other brothers and sisters in Christ that, that might hold to Calvinism. Um, but I just believe that their take on certain scriptures is wrong. And uh, I want to try and be able to set the record straight on that. And so that's what I hope to accomplish with these podcasts. I hope you'll tune in. If there's uh, something that you would like to hear me discuss or or you have a uh, comment on something that I've said, uh, please feel free to, to drop me a line, make, uh, make a comment, uh, give me a message, and uh, maybe I can address it on a future episode. Uh, but until then, that's all I've got for you today. Thank you for listening, and hopefully uh, I can get another one out and we'll discuss uh, uh, some, get down to some scripture and discuss some scripture uh, in regards to uh, Calvinism and and uh, how it uh, applies uh, from a non-Calvinist uh, perspective. But God bless you. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, hope to see you back next time. Have a great day. God bless you.